it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam, the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, it is Scott. Scott, how are we doing today? We're doing, Sam. We're doing. It's uh, It's been an interesting week in the wild world of wrestling. <sighs> interesting, yeah. I think, is an understatement by this yeah. point. Yeah, we, we, we definitely had some ups and... Some, some definite yeah. downs and yeah, um, some, some down downs. Yeah, <laughs> I should have known something was wrong when Raw was actually really good this week. I should have known it was too good to be true. Well, we're gonna kick it off first and foremost before we talk about what everyone knows we're gonna talk about. To me, there was a sign that happens. Okay, you watch the product. The sign for me, what was about to happen, I think, had to do with that writer who came out earlier last week and made the comment, I knew nothing about pro wrestling. I know there's this guy called Bobby Ashley, Bobby Lashley or something like that. And I was like, if you want to talk about exposing how poor your product has become. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Well, we're, we're, we try to be constructive as possible, but that's bad. That's yeah. Bad. It's real bad. I don't have yeah. I, I I won't even quote the article because I just I think everyone knows at this point. And she was released this week um with a slew of other people. But I, I with the way and, and again, I don't know I will defend Vince McMahon here on this one. Because I don't know if he does the writer's hiring. I know Vince can be a arrogant man. But I don't think he's that arrogant. No, I don't believe I don't so. think he's going to be writers who don't even know the product. Right. I, I know that in the past they've had some that are kind of familiar, but they learn as they go, but they understand how to write a storyline and, you know, how to make things work. And, and Raw's been okay with that years ago. But lately, it's been like... Do we even know what's going on? I feel like I know that both Raw and SmackDown are notorious for rewrites like an hour up till or even during the show, they're writing the end of the show. 
because Vince just destroys everything that comes to his desk. So, I mean, I understand the stress that they're under, but you need to hire people who understand the product. Like, they, they don't need to know every nook and cranny, but you need to know the name of the WWE champion, for God's sakes. Um, it just understand the vibes of the product. And if you can't do that, then goodbye. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you and I are not experts. We watch a very unhealthy amount of professional wrestling. But let's say if you and I were in a writer's room, I'd be confident you and I could probably understand the structure and how to write shows going out. And there's a lot of fans out there, I think, who could do it as well. Right. It's it's that whole after a while when you, you start making your way towards the top, you kind of lose touch with reality and what people want. And you just – same thing with music. Same thing, I, we, I could go through this. But, should, I mean, you're 100% correct. It's just the, you think that, you know, things should go a certain way, but you need to make sure you pay attention to the crowd reactions. And, you know, it's it's kind of been like Vince's wet dream putting it in the Thunderdome because he essentially, well, they control the fan reaction, essentially. They tell the people what to do, to cheer, to, to boo, to do whatever. They pump in the crowd noise, which is still is god-awful, and I cannot wait until SmackDown goes back and starts actually having fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw people on Twitter complaining about the what chant returning uh, during AEW, and I'm like, this is exactly how it should be. Like, You know this is what's going to happen because it's been a year and a half since we've had a lot of new people funneling into these shows. The stupid chants are going to come back, but guess what? It should make you feel happy because it's starting to be normal again. Even even Impact this week, like, I think there was the segment, and we won't go too, too much into it. It was a segment between uh, Jordan Grace and Rachel Elring. Yes. Where they were coming out to the ring, or they were going out of the ring. I, I forgot what it was, but I'm watching it, and you just knew it was fake. And you were just like, can we can we stop? Yeah. Just, just give me an empty arena at that right. point with no yeah. sound. But that being said, we're going to get right into this with the releases. I don't have – I have a couple articles up. I don't have the full list, uh, 14 talents. Yeah. Um, I feel like they just released people last month too. They did. Um, uh, from what I was well, – not told, but what I've seen is that they're, they're staggering this instead of just dropping everybody like they normally do after WrestleMania. Um. This latest one, and I know I, I, I said the last one hurt the most. This one, for me personally, hits hits home. Um, they really gutted 205 Live. Uh, at this point, they really should just kill the show. I mean, honestly, I think they have like four cruiserweights left that were strictly on that show. So at this point, just move them to NXT and just kill the show off. Let's let's yeah, let's go, let's let's hop into that. First and foremost, I know the big name that came out first. I think it was Tony Nese and uh, yes. well, Aria Davari. Yes, both of them. Yeah, it's just like they've been staples of Two Hundred Five Live since the show started. Um, I've always appreciated their work. Um, when I used to watch Two Hundred Five Live religiously, I uh, I believe it was on. It was on actual cable at one point, but then when it moved to the network, I just I, I couldn't keep up with it. Um, 
yeah, the, those two have always been fantastic talents. Unfortunately, strictly on 205 Live, whenever they came to NXT, they were they were enhancement talent, which I thought was especially rude to Tony Nese. I mean, that guy, if you watch the Cruiserweight Classic when he was in it, I had no idea who he was. The moment after that, I went back and watched pretty much everything I could find on the guy because I was so impressed. Um, so I can definitely see him taking over wherever he goes next. Um, trying to think of a, uh, I mean, honestly, anywhere should be a good fit, but I think actually he'd do really, really good in impact. I think he'd be great in the X division. Yeah. It was funny. I've already seen people say that and I'm thinking about it. Could you imagine him against all, all the talent, TJP yeah. back again, you know, Chris, I Bay. know that'd be a nice little reunion with those two. Yeah. Same thing with Davari, if you want to throw him in there as well. Um, I know um, Sean Davari, uh, I think, if I remember correctly, currently is working for Impact. Or at least he's done stuff sooner, like recently. So bring him in the mix. I think that'd be great. Um, I know the real, at least for me, the big talents that were released, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. That really kind of hurt. Um, I know that you know, I've mentioned it before. You know, everything with a bump down, down, with, especially with Tyler Breeze, it's it kind of puts that whole thing in flux, and I'm not sure what's going on. And I've scoured the the internet since Friday when I heard the news to try to see what's going to happen. And Woods has left like little like breadcrumbs of things that might happen, and I, I'm just it's driving me insane because I need to know what happens because. That, that show was an integral part of helping me get through this goddamn pandemic. So I don't want it to fall apart because the, you know, the second main half of that operation is no longer with the company. So um, on, on a personal level, um, someone who I actually do consider a friend, um, August Gray or Anthony Green was also released. Um, but he's going to He's going to catch fire no matter where he goes, and he's going to be a ridiculous talent. And I, I could definitely see him coming back, um, maybe in a few years. I mean, he's still in his early, he's still in his twenties, so he's got a long way to go. Um, trying to think who else was released. Um, uh, did I mention Killian Dane? Killian Dane, um, that was a bit of a shocker, um, but in, in, in the same breath, he really wasn't doing much because. Ever since Sanity broke up, he was kind of a secondary figure in NXT, which is unfortunate because the man's a monster. He should have been given a monster heel run, at least in my opinion, but that never happened. And I loved his his um, teaming with, with Drake Maverick. Um, Sam's favorite theme song is probably No More. I don't, I'm so... Oh, let me sorry. tell you, there's, if there's a downfall to NXT... This is this is the side. Greatest theme song ever. Um, yeah, no, uh, I just there was ta the fact that they're starting to cut talent. That's like not even it's not even the side talent anymore. It's the stuff that's like I don't care what anyone says. You know, Fandango, I think were one of the best tag teams in the company. Yes, hands I down. Love so much. They they, they deserve a lot more than what they got yes and i'm hoping 
and come with me to the land of make believe, Scott. We're going in that. Uh, we're going to go that. Uh, it's it's like Mr. Rogers, except it's the MBTA, and the and the the, tra- the tram driver is yelling at you to get on the fucking train, guy. Uh, I already said this to Scott, and I go because at first, what was it? Uh, Fandango got released first, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Fan, um, and yep. then he was just like, "Oh, that's yeah." You know, and he would tell me, "Oh, Tyler Breeze is pretty set." This and that. Yep. Shortly I know. After, Literally ate my own words like twenty Please. minutes later, and I'm like. And, and again, I try not to be the guy saying AEW needs to pick everybody up. But if there's a tag team they need to pick up, it is Breezango. Now, that being said, we're going to play some fantasy booking here. Because Scott and I love our fantasy booking. Just as much as Scott loves his factions. Yes. And his and tournaments. tournaments. <laughs> so I've already said, I go, there's a lot of tag teams that Fandango could have good bouts with. The Young Bucks would be good. They go back, wrestle FTR, maybe get a good match out of them. But the one I thought would be really, really fun, and I knew Scott's eyes bugged out of his skull. I'm like, imagine Breezango taking on best friends. Can you imagine the rea- just the interactions between like Orange Cassidy and Matt Clement, Tyler Breeze? Interactions with that, it just throw in Fandango as well. It's just like I know you weren't watching wrestling back then, but if you want to see how hilarious Fandango could be, look up um, his previous. And of course, now that I'm saying it, I forgot his guy, I forgot his name, Johnny Curtis. Look up stuff from NXT Season 4 of Johnny Curtis. Believe me, you will piss your pants laughing. It's some of the creepiest, hilarious shit I've ever seen. And to this day, I still remember it. Um, I actually, I'll send it to you. I sent Mark a a clip of one of our favorite things that happened during that season. And still to this day, it is absolutely hilarious. It's just... Yeah, um, I could definitely see some magic happening. And it also, it fits, because Sean Spears is also obviously in AEW, and Sean Spears, Tyler Breeze, and actually Baron Corbin started a Twitch channel called The Sweets Live. Now that Tyler's released, that's coming back, so that's exciting on my end when it comes to that. And the fact that Sean's already there, it gives them an in already, and... Imagine adding them as a another tag team in that division that's already the best in the world. Hands down. Hands down. Another one that shocked me because I thought they were getting a push. I was so convinced they were getting a push was Everise. Yes! That that one completely was out of left field. Uh, I know that they, they just started having um, issues with Hit Row, and I'm like, all right, I know they're probably going to Hit Row will go over because they're the, the you know the, the hottest thing right now in, in NXT. That's all good and fine. But I figured they'd bounce back, and then all of a sudden they're like, nope, we're gone. I'm like, what? I, I, another one, a, a bit of a shocker, um, especially with how things used to be, were the Bollywood Boys. Mm-hmm. Because of everything with Jinder, I know Jinder's upgraded. Like the other, the, the two men that are with him now are like giants, um, but they were solid in two hundred five live as well. And it's just like, well, shit, that sucks. I don't understand it. Um, I said this off, and I will say this now, and people can disagree. You know, 
I know we all have this idea. This is a sunglasses are coming off moment. Serious when the sunglasses come off, folks. <laughs> there is. I know Vince McMahon has an ego. Um, and I know everyone would bet on red if somebody said Vince McMahon was going to sell. And I know everyone's been saying it for a long time. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Again, I'm going to tell you everyone right now. I just went through with my old company. We went through a buyout. And seeing what's happened with WWE, I've been on the inside of a company that went through a buyout. This is the stuff they do. This is exactly the stuff they do. So I am now, now am I saying he will? No, but I'm absolutely convinced he's going to try to sell to NBC yeah, in the next couple zero percent Not zero percent chance that something will happen. Yeah. Yes. With, the, with the line from Batman v Superman, if there's even a 0.1% chance he's a threat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just with that that second round when like you get names like Braun Strowman getting released, you're you're like, oh my god, like what's going on? Now they're selling off an entire division. It's like I, I I'm no longer in the absolutely not category of this as well now. It's like this kind of moves me towards the there's a chance. It's like dumb and dumber. So you're telling yes. me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yep. well, there are a lot of opportunities. And again, you and I were just talking about this. Samoa Joe came back after yes. getting released. Could this happen to this talent? Sure, but there was a lot of NXT talent that got cut already. Yeah, yeah, because the Cruiserweight division was technically under NXT's domain, I would say. Um, Joe and everybody else weren't. They were on the main roster side of things. I think the only NXT talent that was really... Actually, no. I was going to say Santana Garrett, but Santana Garrett was technically on the main roster, even though she was only on TV, like, once. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I don't see them bringing back anybody from this group... Um, other than selfishly, hopefully, title breeze, but I think uh, I think what was it? I think Tyler and Fandango have been with the company for fourteen years, mm-hmm. so they've been doing that a lot lately, cutting the long tenured wrestlers. I think Zack Ryder was another one that's been there forever. Um, trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head, but nothing's really sticking at the moment. But yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know if they're just cutting what they're considering low-hanging fruit and trying to bring what they feel is best talent out on the road again. I don't know. I thought it would be great to have these young kids, especially Cruiserweights, stick with NXT when NXT starts going back on the road. But, I don't know. I'm not in in control of a billion-dollar company, so it's not my call. (laughs) I also heard rumors that they're not bringing the house shows back. At least not just yet, so... No, you're correct. Yeah, they're doing, like, super shows. Um, they're sprinkled those in throughout the um, the Raws and Smackdowns. Um, they're doing them, on, I think, just on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, maybe that's another reason, then, maybe they're doing all these cuts, because they don't need 100 talents sitting in the back when they're not going to be used. When during these super shows, they're probably just going to have the top talent be out there. Yeah, and again, I mean... You feel bad for this talent, but also at the same time, we've all, you know, we've talked about it over and over again, you know, with the way things have been with the company, with the way things work over there. Luckily, obviously, Impact's been fire. 
You got AEW. There's definitely people going to want to make their way over to Japan, go back to PWG, CZW. I mean, hell, I mean, let's 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 be honest, Scott. I pulled something up earlier, and I guess there's a title match coming up. A new another Ring of Honor paper. Ring of Honor's been lacking talent for a long time. Agreed, agreed. Um, they've kind of been in the shadows since the whole thing with Marty Scroll. Um, but every so often you hear little sprinkles from them. So I'm expecting, um, I'm expecting some talent, especially from this release to probably find their way over to ROH. Um, and Anthony Green, I think, would be a good shot because he's he's worked with Matt Taven. Um, he's worked with a lot of talent that's over there. So it does make sense. Uh, that would be uh, a good sh- a good starting spot for him. Um, that's just what I'm thinking of. No, I 100% agree. I agree on that. <sighs> that being said, um, quickly, I want to switch over before we get to the shows. I found, I don't know if you saw, I follow Joe Rogan on uh, Instagram. And he posted something, I think, last night. Let's see. Last night, yesterday. I guess he's been watching the A&E documentaries. Okay. Like WWE's been, or the, they've been putting out. Yep. And he goes, the quote goes, these WWE documentaries, he's not a wrestling fan. Like, he, he can appreciate it, but he's not a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. But he goes, these WWE documentaries on A&E right now are really well done. Maybe I'm really high, but I think now I'm beginning to truly understand pro wrestling. <laughs> to which, <sighs> this is an episode, Scott. If this happens, if this Happen, Scott. I'm look. I, I hope so. Um, the Rock replied to Rogan. He goes at one time it was the best job in the world. One day we'll get drunk or high and talk about it, or talk about it first and then get fucked up. Have so, the Rock on Rogan. Oh man, you want to talk about uh, that? Would. I'd probably listen to that. I'm not. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. It's just I don't have the time for it. Um, but I would make time for that one. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just saw that. I'm like, that's exciting. I, uh, I would love to see Rogan and The Rock. You know, just, just chat. Just, it just flows too. Rogan and The Rock. Rogan and The Rock. Call the episode Rock and Rogan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Scott, let's get right into the nitty-gritty. Um, even though we had releases, we had some really fucking good shit happen this week. We did. We did. We start off, obviously, with NXT. Um, the previous week, with Samoa Joe coming back and pretty much laying down the law that people will respect William Regal and everything that he does, uh, Adam Cole decided that he didn't want to listen to that and push Joe out of the way while he was trying to attack Kyle Riley. Well, as we all know, Joe can't touch anybody unless provoked. Well, shortly after that, Adam Cole took a nap. Okay. <laughs> um, and was told that once he wakes up, he needs to give Regal his, you know, decision on if he's going to, to wrestle somebody this week. Well, Cole comes out this week and says that he doesn't give a shit what Regal thinks. He's not going to wrestle anybody, and you know, nobody's on his level. 
And we then get a surprise, at least on my front, Carmelo Hayes. Now, Carmelo Hayes had a great match with Kushida. And I'm like, ugh, I love me some Christian Casanova when he was back in the back in the Indies. Carmelo Hayes, I'm sorry, I, I, I really actually like the name. A lot of people don't, but for me, I think it fits him. It fits him well. Comes out, basically tells Cole he's going to, you know, have a little uh, ruthless aggression. He slaps the taste out of Cole's mouth, and lo and behold, we have ourselves a match. Now, this was a good match. Obviously, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to give us the vibes of when John Cena comes in, debuts, and slaps the taste out of Kurt Angle's mouth, and those two had a fantastic match. This match equally is great. Different styles, obviously, from the, the predecessor match that they were trying to do. But Cole gets the win. But Carmelo Hayes pushing people to their limits, and I'm loving this. So I could definitely see him being a big star in NXT once they keep going, if they continue to make this role the way it should. Yeah, I, 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 when he came out and said that, in most cases when I see something like this, I get very concerned. I'm like, oh, we're going to just do a repeat? of we're just going to do a callback? Yeah. Uh, but there's something about this that really told me that they want to push him. Yeah. Because I, people forget John Cena prior to the movies or prior to his, you know, his current gimmick. He was first the prototype. Yes. You know, he was, he was a, sh- I don't say shell of a man, but he was like nowhere close to what he is now. No. Then he became the doctor, Alex, which... Who's my boy? So the fact that you had somebody, and I will never forget this, Scott. One of the craziest things that blew my mind is 20, you know, just about almost 20 years ago. I remember watching, you know, when WrestleMania 20 happened. He was the opening match. That was his first WrestleMania against the big show for the U.S. title. Yep. And I loved him. And I'm a metalhead. And I was into progressive music. And I'm just like, these guys the fucking man. He just gets on the mic and he talks mad shit. Yep. And then to come back into wrestling in 2016 and see that John Cena, who I think most people might have assumed he, this was like a, a gimmick that will last a couple of years, mm-hmm. happens to be the face of the biggest wrestling company in the world. Yep. Blew my mind. Yep. So the fact that they looked at this, and this isn't, the thing is, this doesn't happen at NXT a lot either. They don't no. do this a lot. No, they don't. Fact, came out and he made the comment ruthless aggression i think he's gonna get pushed i hope so i really do the kid's so talented um when i first saw him um he actually his his first gimmicks when he just when he started wrestling was he was a like a a michael jackson cosplayer and he came out with the, the suits the gloves the hat the whole thing and I was so entertained by him in the ring and by his whole shtick. It was fantastic. And then he slowly started to to mature and change, and then he turned into this top talent, which is what he was before he came in. And it's just 
everything's just been 100% with this guy. And I was like, all right, this, 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 this kid's going to take off. Wherever he gets signed, he's going to get taken. He's going to take off. Then I hear he goes to NXT. And my mind at this point was just like, oh, my God. <clears throat> they got Dijak, they got AG, and they have Kirsten Casanova. I'm like, this is, this is New England fans' dream to watch, see these guys go in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, obviously, with AG no longer be with the company, that's fine. He'll go somewhere else, and he'll be amazing. And then I, I, I have no shadow, no, no fear, no shadow of doubt. He will be back in this company, and he's going to be a major player. But with Carmelo Hayes right now, it's like they're putting him against top talent already. No pun intended. And it's he's hanging with them. It doesn't look like he's getting carried. So. I'm excited to see. That was a good opening bout. It was. It was. So, I'm real. I'm real happy about that. Um, and I and I look forward to see what happens with them after that. Uh, after that, uh, we had a nice little confrontation with Pete Dunne, only Larkin, uh, with Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. Johnny coming out there talking about reminiscing about it when NXT was the greatest time in the world, which was when he was NXT champion, obviously. <laughs> um, talking about how he should be next uh, to take on Karrion Cross. Pete Dunne obviously disagreeing, come out. Words exchanged, fingers were snapped. So, you know, match incoming <laughs> for later in the night. Um... Then had a match with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark taking on the Robert Stone brand and defeating them. Um, still more stuff in the back with Frank A. Monet and the ladies of Robert Stone brand. They're, they're, they're sowing that seed that Robert's going to be by himself yet again, and I'm going to be sad about it. Um, but for some reason, these poor ladies can't get anything going. No matter who they run into, they always, they always get beat. And obviously it's EO and Zoe Stark, so duh, that's that's was pretty obvious. After that, we had that said match that I was talking about, uh Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory taking on and actually defeating Pete Dunn and Oni Lorkin. So Gargano gets that one up, hitting that one final beat on uh, on Orny to get the pin. So looks like he might be next in line for cross, which I kind of expected because now that Kyler Rally was submitted at in your house. He's officially, I would say effectively out of the title picture. Adam Cole kind of seems to be in that as well, because he has to face uh, Kyle O'Reilly coming at great American bash. So it leaves the rest of the crew. So I feel at this point, I think Johnny would be your next bet. Do you think Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly main events one of these nights. I believe this will be the main event of Great American Bash because I don't believe that there's a title match yet set for that. Show. Have, what, two weeks. We have one more week left, and then we have um, that one. I believe is on the Tuesday the sixth. Yes. So I'm thinking last year what they did two nights for Great American Bash. I believe so. Did they? I don't remember. But I do like the fact that they brought it back as a July Fourth thing. Um, I know the main roster used to do it around that around in July as well. So um, 
we talk about how NXT doesn't do a lot of things from the old days. This is the one. These are the one things that I do enjoy that they bring back the old pay per views, and they mm-hmm. use them correctly at the right times. Not even let's 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 be clear, Scott. Not just the old pay per views. We're getting the WCW shit now. It's hot. Yes, like Halloween Havoc. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it's war it's games, the perfect. Right. Yes, war games exactly. Uh, also, can I tell you how how happy I am? that William Regal is still the GM because when War Games comes around, nobody else should say it. It should always be him. War Games! Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After that, we had Frank A. Monet's uh, premiere round two. (laughs) The Encore. Yes, the Encore. Thank you. Um, Came out and defeated Electra Lopez. Um, we then had uh, Hit Row taking on and defeating Everize. I know Everize is no longer with the company now, but they still rule. End of story. Our main event of the evening was Kyle O'Reilly taking on NXT Cruiserweight Champion Kushida in a non-title match because this was Kyle O'Reilly's choice that he made last week um, before, obviously, the match with Adam Cole and let me tell you, technical dream match. Loved this match so much. Colorado does get like a sneaky esque type pin to pin Kushida, um, which I thought was great. It made them still look really strong. This was kind of like, a, oh shit, he kicked out at like three and like one tenth <laughs> seconds, you know? So that's good. Kyle comes out. Uh, Kyle celebrates, and then, uh, if I believe correctly, Adam Cole came back, attacks, Kyle O'Reilly, they get chased out, and then we finally got to find out who runs the Diamond Mind. They finally made their debut. Somebody attacks Kushida. We don't know who it is. And the hood comes off. And it's Roddy. Roddy is back, and he's brought friends. Tyler Rust, Malcolm Bivens, or as <laughs> Xavier Woods would call him, Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, now I'm going to forget his name. Um, I think it's Suzuki. I can't remember his name. He's the manager, right? Uh, Malcolm Bivens is. Um, I'm trying to think of the the other the other gentleman that was there with the group. Um, Hideki Suzuki, I think was the name. Um, so I don't have so much of an idea about him, but the other the other two, this is great. Malcolm Bivens, I think, will be a great mouthpiece for all three of them. Um, but yeah, the Diamond Mine has finally arrived. And thankfully, there's no Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that was rumored, wasn't it? That was the big rumor. They thought it was either going to be her or Roddy. But also, we talked about <clears throat> the releases. Roddy's wife was one of those releases. Well, let's hop right over to Thursday. It's the last time we'll be doing this for a while. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Impact Wrestling continues to be on fire. Again, if you guys don't do so, you guys should all be on the Impact train. We are less than, I think, three weeks from Slammiversary. About. Yep. Unfortunately, I will not be around for it, which sucks, because I know Scott's going to blow up my phone (laughs) when certain announcements come out. Yes. There will be New Japan talent. There will be probably some AEW show-ups. And the one that still sticks out to me the most, Scott, in that video, is just a simple photo that they show for a couple seconds. And if it happens, the wrestling world is going to explode. And all that photo said was yes. So if Daniel Bryanson shows up. He's been silent, too. I don't think we've heard a lot from him recently. Nope. nope. I, I know that he, right now he's at home with the new baby and Bree. And that's all good and fine. But if he does decide to come back and wrestle, and if he shows up at Slammiversary, man. <laughs> oh, man. Just, just um, have your phone on vibrate. Don't have it on because I'm pretty sure if that, 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 yeah, yeah, it's gonna be batshit crazy. We're gonna lose our fucking minds. But anyways, we're gonna kick it off. We had Rosemary taking on Kira Hogan and defeating her. Uh, again, you know, AEW is a tag team division. I would argue Impact has the women's division. Might be tied with NXT. But the, the, everything that's been going on with the women's division here, it's just, it's so good. It's so, oh, uh, eat it up. Yeah, it's good stuff. It really is. Uh, I re- yeah. Um, I believe we kind of still have some connection with Rosemary and Havoc. Yes. Uh, yep, they're, sounds- still, they're still a tag team. Um, or at least they're allies. Um I really just think at this point they should just absorb Havoc into K- uh, Decay and just make it official. Which, by the way, we want to mention, we want to congratulate Havoc on her engagement with yes. the draw. That one shocked me. When she showed a picture of her ring on Instagram, I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And then I swiped over and I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. You can't, what? I had no idea yeah. either. Yeah. Heard Sammy Callahan. That's that's Sammy fantastic. I love it. Great, love it, love it. Give the people what they want. That's that's right. Um, following that, we had, and I must have missed this. Did I watch Impact last week? I swear I did. But Deanna Perazzo took on Susan. Yes. And defeated her by submission. And I could not tell. I, again, I must have missed something because Kimberly came out with Susan. Yes. Uh, uh, on the previous week's uh, impact, Diana essentially told both Kimber and Susan that their services were no longer needed because they couldn't pull their own weight. Um, so she was feeling that they were pulling her down. So she said, screw you, I'm gone. So obviously Susan got upset about this and challenged Diana to the match this week. Kimber, on the other hand, seems to be Unsure. on the fence. She doesn't know what to do. She wouldn't really defend Susan so much. So it's like, is there going to be a reunion there? I also feel like if they keep pushing Susan the way they are, we're going to get Sue Young back. 
I feel like Sue Young will take the title from Deanna. Twofold out of what just happened. I think Sue Young is coming back. A. And B, with that kind of comment, you're not pulling your own weight. Because of that, watch Deanna Perrazzo lose the title. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, I thought she was going to be taking Tyler Wilde on at some point, but Tyler's kind of disappeared. But I, I guess on Twitter she said that there's there are reasons why she's not there, uh, and all will be explained in due time. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but at this point, I think that – I don't know. I don't know who's going to challenge Deanna next. So. Uh, yeah, I, I – I don't know. It's 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 an open open field right now. Um, following that, we had uh, an X division tag match. You know, Petey Williams and Trey Miguel take on Raheem Raju and Shira, mm-hmm. with Raju and Shira getting the win. Uh, following that, we had Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. You know, intertwine, followed by Josh Alexander. This again, I think this goes back to something that happened at the beginning of the episode, where. I believe it was, was it Williams and Trey told Chris Bay that there are going to be sides chosen? Yes, and that Chris Bay needs to choose a side before a side chooses him, which makes sense. Um, leading into the Ultimate X match at Slammiversary. So it makes sense that there would be some type of team forming. Um so you go into the match. Obviously, it's it's everybody's on their own. But if you have somebody kind of looking out for you leading up to it, it's good to have that. Um, for me, this just screams that Chris Bay is going to win Ultimate X. Because I don't feel like he's going to choose a side going into the show. The other guys are going to fight. And I believe Chris Bay will find a way to take it. That's just my thoughts right now. Things can change, obviously, if stuff happens next week. But as of right now, I think that's how I think it might happen. I think Chris Bay is overdue to for a title run. That's what yes. I will say. I agree. Way overdue. So following that, um, we did have this little confrontation between Rachel Elring and Jordan Grace, where Rachel Elring was kind of like, you know, you know, talked to Jordan and pretty much, you know, said, you know, you know, Two makes a team, you know, we need, you know, have, stuff that hasn't felt right, this and that. Tennille's been getting in her head, and Jordan's like, I'm going to fucking drop you on your head. Mention her name again. Yep. We had Jazz to come out, and Jazz, I, I, I wasn't sure what she was going to do here, but I liked the fact that she did play just mediator. She was yeah. just like, I'm she's gonna... like the mom of the group, and it works. Yeah, she's not going to pick a favorite. Nope. Kids are fighting. She, she just wants them to figure their shit out. <laughs> so it sounds like, though, uh, after Tennille came out, um, and I think they... I forgot who knocked her the fuck out. Tennille? Yeah. Definitely Rachel. Definitely. Yeah. So... Because Tennille, for some reason, still under the impression that Rachel will be her tag team partner. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So following... Following that, um, I guess I was reading somewhere, I'm getting, I might have missed it, they do have another shot at the tag title somewhere down the road. Um, oh, okay. Probably a anniversary. Probably. But I like this. I love I, Rachel's becoming a favorite of mine. I don't know. There's something. It's it's like the first couple times I saw Bailey. 
So yeah. the lucky kind of, you're like, okay, I can dig this. I can dig yeah. this. How long it'll last, I don't know. And maybe this is her trying to be friendly and turn on Jordan. You know, that it's funny because that seems to be the consensus online, that they're trying, they're trying too hard to make Jordan look like the, the heel here, and that Rachel's going to turn around and turn on her. Um, I can definitely see that happening, that Rachel will just snap and just attack Jordan Grace and we'll have a double turn, which doesn't happen often in wrestling, but when it does, it's it's sometimes can be pretty substantial. So Yeah. Yes, it can be. So following that, we had um the um how do I word this here, Scott? Talking about the apprentice match? <laughs> yeah, we had the uh we had uh I'm said Kurt Hawkins, you know, his slave name. Um <laughs> Ryan Myers, uh <laughs> His apprentice, his protege, Sam Beal, come out to take on Jake something with... Well, that really didn't last long with something coming over Beal. Nope. Um, uh, I, I did like the fact that Brian Myers, while Sam Beal is literally just lying on the floor telling him to take notes, <laughs> and somehow magically a notebook and pen finds its way from out of the ring. Mm-hmm. So following that, we had a... I thought it was an awesome main event. Keep in mind, I think the main events this week were all incredible. Kyle Riley and Kushida. Eddie Edwards and Kojima taking on Violent by Design for the tag titles. Yes. <sighs> wow. Not going to lie, they had me worried. I thought Violent by Design might drop the titles. I thought they were. I was like, oh my God, no, don't do this. <laughs> Now, it was a great match. Obviously, Valentine Design did retain, but I don't think it made... Again, I like to bring this up. People got to keep remembering because somebody loses more than they win, it doesn't necessarily mean they look bad. I think right. Kojima and Edwards, who are already superstars in their own right, yeah. looked great. They looked incredible. Absolutely. Which, also, I had to do a little bit of homework here. You and I had discussed this. Yes, so this yes. The statistic that had come out, and yep. I'll share this one with you guys. Kojima is, and I don't know why, because maybe I was, like, talking about the releases. Um, Kojima is the only professional wrestler to hold the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the All Japan Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship at the same time. Now... I was super curious about this, as I think ever, the moment I told you, you were like, you have homework. Yep, because <laughs> I knew. I said, because as soon as they mentioned New Japan and All Japan, I was like, well, yep, looks like Sam's going to be doing some studying on this. <laughs> so, um, so I guess, you know, uh, Kojima's been wrestling. Kojima's been wrestling for New Japan since 1991, the year of my birth. Um, around 2002, I guess he ended up leaving New Japan for, I, I guess he didn't like the way they dropped the titles or whatnot. I'm just, again, this is a summary. He left New Japan with Kenji Muto, the guy who actually won the, um, not pro wrestling Noah. He's, who's he signed with? The third big company over in Japan. Yeah, it is pro wrestling Noah. Okay. Um, left with him to go to all Japan. Um, 
2005, he ended up winning the Triple Crown Heavyweight title. Which actually, the reason they called it the Triple Crown was because at one point, that company housed three individual titles. Okay. Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something. This is this is this is the spice, you know. We're 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 this is Sam's world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> it is the unification of the Pacific Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Championship, the NWA United National Championship, and the NWA International Heavyweight Championship. All united in '89. So he won that title, and then four days later. And I get, we live, we live in a world, Scott, where it just, uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago, cool, you own every title, or, you know, you're Kenny Omega, you have every belt. Right. And again, I'm looking at Wikipedia, so I definitely need to do a little more digging, but it just says four days later, he won the, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship from his former tag team partner in a cross-promotional double title match. Ooh. Um... So, yeah, he, incredible, I think it says everything, especially watching that tag match. Yeah. It was incredible. If you got, I argue with people all the time, just like Scott's like, I'm going to lock you in a basement and make you watch Lucha Underground start to finish. (laughs) You guys need to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. There was an old saying back in the day when I was reading, you know, I was reading all these books. You know, I read, you know. To be the man, I read the Stone Cold Truth. I read uh, Mankind's books. Most of these people, when they wanted to learn to wrestle, after they've gone to school, they would get shipped overseas to Japan. Yep. Jericho's were the same way. I, I have Jericho's books, and he's exactly the same way. He always talks about everything in New Japan stuff in, in Mexico, and it's just, yeah, it's fascinating to me to see where these megastars get their starts. And I remember being younger, and we, you know, I had the internet at a young age only because my father, he was a techie and whatnot. We had internet back in 1996. But but even still, we, you know, we didn't really surf. Nobody surfed the internet. You know, the internet was a tool by that point, which was kind of like, yeah, you only use it for certain things. You don't go on and go looking for things. Right. Especially there was no Google age. back then. <laughs> yeah. But to hear the legends about it was like legendary to hear oh yeah he wrestled in japan it's like where can i find that and at that point it was pre-streaming services it was pre it was just mystical it was just like i need to know what's going i need to know and now we have all this i'm so glad that you're still young enough to understand how things were before like how things are now it's like you remember the the beginnings of the internet. It's like I when we were talking about ninety six, like I was twelve at that point, and I I did I was also lucky enough to have the internet at a young age too. So, but you're right, exactly. It's like oh, you hear these things, it's like where can I find it? It's so tough. Like there was no nowhere to just go and type it in. You had to know the websites for everything and, and go find it. Yeah, it was. It's, it, it's it was. Just, yeah. Yeah. No. So like to now see these people and experience it, it's just. That's why I'm. If Okada shows up at Slammiversary, Scott, <laughs> that's know. the other one. If Okada or Tetsuya Naito shows up, uh, you're gonna hate yourself for missing this. I'm gonna if, look at my friend. If friends. that happens, I, I, 
I'll, I'll find a way to break the news to you without having you break your phone. But yeah, if that were to happen, oh, I'm gonna tell it. my friend Chrissy and her husband. I go, I need to leave for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Sam needs to go to a corner and cry. <laughs> cry and I may need a tissue box. Oh, Scott, give me the stream. I need the stream. <laughs> Okada and Daniel Bryanson? Brian Danielson? Ooh. See, this is why you and I need a fantasy book and show, Scott. I put things in my head. In the words of Chekhov, they put things in our ears and made us do things. <sighs> oh, I love it. So, we're going to hop over. Guys, this is going to be our last episode for a while that will be late. Yes. You guys will probably get double the action this week where we will drop the our normal episode back on Friday. So, that being said, we're going to hop over to what was a pretty exciting... It's funny. So, the matches weren't, like, over-the-top exciting. Like, like when you look at the card, you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah, really yeah. Good. This, is, this is what I like uh, about uh, AEW. Um, that sometimes you look at the card and you're like, all right, this looks pretty decent, but then you remember the wrestlers behind it and you're like, this could be really sneaky good. And yes, yes, this show was good. I enjoyed it. First and foremost, we got to kick off with Hangman Page, Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, we talk about the different types of wrestling out there. You know, we talk about, you know, different styles, different approaches. This was like, this was a traditional Hoss match. You have your two big muscular, you know, your muscle, and they just went to town. And they yep. kicked the shit out of each other. Yep. And it was incredible. Hangman Page got the win over Hobbs. Yes. But not before Ricky Stark came out to interfere, and then Brian Cage took him out. Yep. It's happened. Even Taz like, what the fuck is going on here? Yep. It's finally happened. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a truly a shame that Ricky Starks is injured because a match with him... And Brian Cage would be a main event anywhere. Just you talk about having Hangman Page and, and Powerhouse Hobbs being kind of similar. Starks and and Cage completely different. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fantastic to see those two go at it. But unfortunately, Starks's neck injury is not going to happen. It was um, nice. Bump. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can definitely see. A match between Hobbs and Cage down the road. Maybe Hobbs playing for or, or stepping in for Ricky Sarks. Um, but yeah, Team Taz is gonna it's gonna implode. It's <clears throat> the cracks are, are are the size of the Grand Canyon at this point. So yes, no, it's, there's a lot going on. I love also to, and this is what I think. AEW does really well too. Is throughout the throughout the night they were promoting the main event. Yes. You know they show you a little bit here. We're gonna have an interview here about the title match with Kenny. We're gonna have an interview with Jungle Boy. Talk about it a little bit. Of it. it really is definitely something where it's like, okay, we have this match coming up, and this is good. This is special. We want you to understand how special this match is. Yeah. Kind of like the next bit, which. I don't know about you. I totally missed the memo on Conan showing up. Right? I, I think I, I might have briefly saw something about Conan and Tully having a one-on-one, but I kind of I 
I don't know if my brain just glazed over it and didn't really see it, but when when that came out, um, I tweeted, I'm like, what year are we in? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, no, and he came out, and it was crazy listening to him talk, um, you know, talk with Tully. You know, it was just... Did you catch the subtle shot at Tully about Tessa? No, I did not. Well... Conan was speaking Spanish for the uh, large part of this promo. Um, I caught words here and there because I, I do have a little bit of Spanish knowledge that I took when I took from school. Um, but the main part about it was that he said it in English. He's like, you should learn how to speak Spanish so one day you can communicate with your grandkids. And I was just like, it took me a second. But then I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, sir! I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Um, Who is she married to? Uh, Daga. He was also in Lucha Underground. Okay. <laughs> She's young, too. I didn't realize how young she was. She is, yeah. She's 25. Yep. Wow. Well... No, that was good. Then FTR came out, laid out Conan, proud and proud. This is where I really think Santana and Ortiz, they're about to get a break. Mm. Like, they're about to go to the moon. Yep. FTR, I think FTR, NXT, they were big. They hit a glass ceiling on the main roster. Yep. And when they came over, they didn't need to go any higher. They were at the pinnacle. Like, no, no pun intended. No pun intended, yep. They were at the pinnacle of where they should be, where they should have been. They don't wrestle all the time, but when they do, you know you're getting fucking it's like a prime rip. Yeah, it's it, they're like um they're like a special attraction tag team at this point. Um, just to have a one on one match or tag match with two of them, it's just it's always something real special to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've honestly been waiting for this feud to really kick up. They keep teasing you every once in a while, but now I believe at this point. It's really good. Also, I love the fact that for Conan, they had the LAX theme. The gunshots and everything. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh my god, they brought LAX the theme in. So, yeah. Thank you again. I will also say thank you to Tony Khan for that because that's a that's a iconic theme song for LAX. Um, so, if Inner Circle does dissolve in any way, um, I'm glad that maybe they'll actually turn it into LAX. Then they can add Diamante into it, and then they can just go to town. And just, Bring Eddie know, Kingston in. Kingston, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, again, fantasy booking, Sam. <laughs> the music is getting hot in here. No, it's, what, 80 degrees and, like, 100% humidity in New England today? Oh, God, I know. Don't, don't remind me. So, following that, we had, uh, again, this was one of those matches. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be cool. It's actually a really good match, but... Let's keep in mind, you know, Dante Martin comes out, and you wait for Matt Seidel to come out, and instead we have Vicky introducing Andrade. Excuse me. Excuse me! <laughs> I love, you know, I know a lot of people who hear it, it's like, she's so annoying. I'm like, that's, that's the, the point. point. <laughs> she's supposed to be annoying. Yep. But Andrade comes out, and I don't know if she was about to say something, he was about to say something, all of a sudden, the Seidel brothers just walk out. Yep. And they don't even flinch. They're like, yeah. And they just go. Yeah. And then the match happened. And the match was incredible. 
planting those seeds. There's your first feud, Matt Seidel and Andrade. First, it's beautiful. I loved it. I was, yeah. And I love Andrade's feel right now. He just he he looks like the superstar he should have been. Yes. He's just coming out like he, again, he looks like drug lord. Like but one one could say he's got sparks. a, one could say Sam that he's got a, a flair about him. He does have a flair about him. <laughs> I see what you did. I'm picking down what you putting up. That made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I got Sam rattled, folks. I got him rattled. Um. So following that, I know there was a bit, and I'm I kind of missed where it was where. The pinnacle and the inner circle were out in the ring. Yeah, the nice little brawl between the two of them. Um, Trying to remember exactly what was happening. Oh, it was... um, Marvez was in the back, and he was giving an interview to MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow. Um, And, of course, just MJF running his mouth because that's what he does best. He's better than you at it, and you know it. Um, which then caused um, uh, an attack. Oh, they were talking about Dean Malenko. That's what it was. Um, if you've watched anything of Dean Malenko, not just to you, Sam, but to everybody, like you know how fantastic he was and how his career was cut short as well. Um, MJF just basically saying that he's going to give him a, uh, an early retirement. And Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho had probably one of the best cruiserweight um, feud that I can think of in, in WCW. Um, so that's some homework for, for you guys out there. Go find the stuff between Jericho and Malenko in WCW, and believe me, you will be in for a great time. Um, so obviously Jericho is going to stick up for him. Him and Hager come out and attack the three of them, and they all find their way to the ring. And MJF and Cruz starts getting the upper hand. And Sammy Guevara comes out after being attacked earlier in the day by uh, Sean Spears with a chair because Sammy and MJF have a match next week, I believe. Um, so Sammy comes out, goes to town on people, smashing. Um, a chair on both Sean Spears and MJF. So, um, what was it? Ward? I don't remember. But he, Sammy just throwing chairs around. Um, but yeah, I, I, even after all this time, I'm still enjoying the fights between these two groups. Agreed. Agreed. I, I thought, and I know you and I had talked about it, like, about potentially this feud going way too long, or like, you don't want to, you know, it's almost done. But like, this is like, now they've kind of like, okay, it's inner circle, but this is like getting personal. This is one-on-one. This is tag team v. tag team. Like, we're really breaking this down now to show yep. you the best of everybody. Yeah, and, and I, I would not be surprised if certain people in certain groups get the win over somebody else. So it's not like a clean sweep by inner circle or a clean sweep by pinnacle. You know, I could see MJF beating Sammy Guevara by some sp- stupid way and i can see you know pride and powerful beating ftr and probably what's going to be one of the best tag team matches of all time you know stuff like that i'm glad they're kind of keeping jericho out of it because he's got the injured arm wardlow and and um hager already had their their match hager won that so i i like it like you said they're separating things so it's it's good but as, as soon as i think all of those are done 
it's probably best that they start migrating away from one another and start going after other stuff. Yes, after I, a while, after a while, crowd's gonna sour on it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can only sell. Uh, I mean, even even the best feuds, you know, you gotta you gotta space them out. You gotta kind of loosen them up. Yep. Not every feud can be, you know, Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, all summer. <laughs> At every pay per view. <laughs> it's okay. Jinder won the WWE Championship from Randy Orton. And I'm telling you, I've never been so excited to see Randy Orton lose in in not super recent history, but in in past history. I was always a fan of Jinder's, always. Um, like pre, even with 3MB, even pre-3MB, I, I, I always enjoyed him. Um, so the fact to have him not only win the championship, but do it against Randy Orton, just icing on the cake. Calling out and all the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Rebuttal. <laughs> uh, I already know what, what Sam over there's rebuttal is going to be. Where's the fiend, Scott? Where is he? And I'm going to cry. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so, following that, we did have a uh, good old uh, ego, Ethan Page, taking on Beer Bronson. Um, missed this one a little bit, but every time I turned around, it looked like. Ethan was doing what Ethan does best. Uh, really good match. Um, I, 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 I'm a big fan of the men of the year. Um, I love that they use every dirty tactic they can. At one point, I think Ethan was backing up into uh, Bear Boulder. And Eagle just yells to the ref, Ref, ref. He he touched me. He touched me. And the ref starts yelling at at, at at Bear Boulder, and then Scorpio Sky attacks uh, Bear Brunson. And I'm just like, ah, it was great old school. Yes, old school. Yes, it was good. Um, um, and also that Eagle's Edge to win the match. That's not a small boy that he did that to. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. No, sorry. Also. He had a nice, awesome promo. Again, I will tell everybody, we don't get enough Ethan Page on the mic now. In Impact, it was my favorite thing to see. But we're getting at Road Rager on July 7th. Yep. Getting him and Darby Allen in a coffin match. <sighs> Again, is it the humidity or is it just getting hot? I think it's just getting hot. I think it's getting hot. I love the fact that Ego, or I'm just going to call him Ego, uh, Ethan Page is saying that he literally wants to be the nail in Darby's coffin. And I was like, that's just outstanding. Um, but you want to talk about great promos. For me, I think that was my second favorite. And the first one was a little prior to this. It was when they interviewed Miro. Or Miro, they gave Miro time to talk. Um, I know you... We're in a location where you really couldn't hear a lot of the sound, so I don't know if you caught this. But I tweeted this out when it happened, and I thought it was one of the greatest one-liners I've ever heard in my life. Mero's essentially praying um, before his he's going to have a match next week with Brian Pillman Jr., which I believe is going to be a banger. But he says, I first want to thank God for making me powerful, my hot white flexible. I almost 
lost my mind. Like, he just said it so nonchalantly. No problem whatsoever. And I was like, I got to tweet this. So I tweeted it out. I said, what a line. And yeah, that was just outstanding. Um, I love what they've done with Miro now that he has separated himself from Kip Sabian. This is the monster Miro that I've always wanted. Even back when he was Rusev, I don't think he ever reached this this peak that he's at now, and he's still going. Um, but I can't underestimate Brian Pillman Jr. only because of his bloodline. I mean, Christ. <laughs> he's, the, he's the one who's going to shoot to the moon. Yeah. Um, so this match that they're going to have, I believe that might be next week as well, is going to be outstanding. But that promo line that Miro dropped, just like... Like he was drinking a glass of water. It was just, oh my God. But yeah. Uh, so moving on from there. <laughs> we had. We ha- Oh, wait a minute. We still have this. Chris Statlander taking on the Bunny. Wow, it's been a while since I've seen her wrestle. We don't get to see enough for them. Yeah, the oh. Bunny's been mostly on dark and elevation. Uh, but yeah, it was great to see a good women's match. Like a really good, like women's match, a random women's match on, on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. No, this was this was good. We got Statlander defeating the Bunny. And then we had some... Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I'm trying to remember, because I remember looking away, and then I saw shit happening. I think Jack and Helico came out. Yes. Yeah, they came out, they attacked Orange Cassidy, holding him back. Blade took the brass knuckles that Buddy was trying to use during the match and just KO'd Orange Cassidy. So it looks like there's our next feud um, between those two, so that would be good. I know the the Butcher's out with injury, so it's nice to see that they're still doing stuff with the Blade. Um, And obviously with the Blade, the Bunny's not too far away. So this is just the beginning and I think these two are going to put on some great matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So following that, we had we had the main event. The creme de la creme. We had, you know, the wrestling god, you know, Kenny Omega, AEW world champion, putting his title on against Jungle Boy. I knew this match was going to deliver, Scott. I didn't realize how much it was going to deliver, though. Um, I need to watch this again. I'm going to, after we record, I'm going to watch this match again. Because what we saw was a classic. Yes. Yes. Um, This match proved that Jungle Boy is definitely part of the future of this company. Um, Him, MJF, Sammy Guevara, all the young kids. But these three, I think, will be the upper echelon of this company 10 years from now. Mm Mm-hmm. No, they just, he just, he just gimmick aside and i like how they kind of pushed everyone out nobody was you know i I see when that happened i was like this is great this is the one-on-one match it should be they even tried to screw it at the end but frankie gazarian and and uh, the rest of uh, jurassic express stopped it from happening dog callus stayed away like he should have it was good the match just went like like it should uh, there were many spots in this match that I actually thought they were gonna give it to Jungle Boy. There were a couple of pins I looked and it was like like it was like here. It was like here. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I, I would 
you want to talk about shocking people? That would have shocked people. Yeah. Do not sleep on Jungle Boy. No. Especially after that. Nope. It was just, it's, and it was heartwarming because obviously, you know, his father passed away, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago, yep. before AEW really took off. You know, this is something that, you know, his father used to take him wrestling all the time as a kid. Um, so this was this was a great opportunity for him, and it was just uh, definitely a heartwarming moment, and we just had a lot of fun. This was yeah. incredible. But It was nice they, they kept showing his mom, kept showing his sisters, you know, stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. When they started doing that, though, I was thinking to myself, are they going to give the, the title to Jungle Boy? Because his family's here. Like, this is this is a big deal. Like It's a big thing. It is. But, I mean, they, they obviously didn't. But the way, I love the fact that he kicks out of the Tiger Driver. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I know that one winged angel's next. So what if he kicks out of that? He didn't. But still, it was just like. And then, and then it gets, it's, it's even more exciting. Because now Kenny, and I, I don't, it was very subtle. I just saw Kenny standing there with the title. And I'm like, oh, he's just standing there staring at him like a psychopath. And I see him starting to swing the belt a little bit and swing it. And I'm like, he's going to clock him in the fucking skull. And lo and behold, Christian Cage comes out. Yep. Christian Cage comes out. You know, he stops him. And then the Hardy family comes out. Yeah. We're te- what, what do we say? We're teasing Matt Hardy, Christian Cage at all yep. out right now. Yeah. <sighs> this was, oh, this night... It was so good. It was. It was real good. I really enjoyed this show. It was incredible. Also, hats off again to the Bucks for that wonderful promo that they, you know, that um, they cut a good promo earlier in the show too. Oh, yeah, with, with with Brandon Cutler. Yes. <laughs> Forgot what he said. He said he goes. No, yeah, it's a good one. We're gonna we're gonna keep that one. Yeah. yeah gonna- he was all excited too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was incredible. An awesome week of wrestling. One other piece of news I did forget to mention, which was a shock, because she had retired. Smiley Kylie Ray has signed a deal with NWA. Yes, yes. Um, last I had checked, I thought she was still under contract with Impact, but obviously they, they that that went away. Um, I think her addition to NWA is is perfect. It's low stress, and I know she's been going through some mental health stuff, which I know, you know, it's it's, it's serious business. Mm-hmm. So she needed to go off and, and, and deal with her stuff, and now she's she decided she wanted to come back, and NWA, I think, is a perfect place for her. I think she'll do well there, especially with all the talent they have over there, you know, especially with, you know, they got Camille, Thunder Rosa, you know, solid division. Yep. Yeah. Something that we have to add to our list of things you don't have time to do. I know. <laughs> but, guys, as always, thank you so much so much for listening. And if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SOB official and Scott as Scotty J Stream. We are on all streaming platforms. Please make sure that you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Bedlam Media and Above the Ring is the podcast if you're choosing that you choose to listen to it and why they should do so as well. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. As always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. 
And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.